Blog Talk Radio. Man, listen, ain't no conspiracy theory. 
there, there's no need for a conspiracy. For one, all you got to do is you can manipulate the votes easily. That's been shown a while ago. We talked about that the last time we were on. You can manipulate the votes. How? You can hack into the voting machines. Okay, that's one way. The other side of it is the electoral college. How do you influence the electoral college? You got over 3 million people voting for Hillary Clinton, and she's still not president. But we keep saying one person, one vote. Well, if that's the case, if that tagline is real, how do 3 million people vote more for a candidate and the candidate loses? Northern kicks, southern fists, still KKK all day. Yeah, Donald Trump is a bigot. He was a bigot that so happened at one point in time was a Democrat. Still a bigot, nonetheless. Still a bigot. Doesn't change anything. Hasn't changed anything. His mail-order wife, his Manchurian candidate children, doesn't change anything. The only thing that changes is how we should look at politics. And when I talk about we, I'm not just even talking about black folks in America, black folks around the world, because the U.K. is also suffering from some of the same things. Some of the extremists have now taken over their parliament or uh, what is that? They what, what, they don't have a president. They have uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, it's the exact same thing. Is the very the exact same thing going on at it? Um, you know, so we're constantly looking at these things, and we're constantly looking at how things are changing around the world. And you say, man, look, all this craziness is starting to take place. It's starting to happen. People are uh, going through it, but why are they going through it? Well, they're going through it based off of the fact that this is all about race. This is the dog whistle conversation that's being had. These are the dog whistle politics that's being done. Meanwhile, they got you distracted talking about Kanye. And don't get me wrong, hey, I, I, I fall fall in uh, line with that too. You know, sometimes I'm trying to see. Yo, I asked my wife the other day, man, you think Kim Kardashian gonna divorce Kanye? Then I had to think about, it, like, shit, why do I care? Why do I care if she's gonna divorce Kanye? What has Kanye really said that was worth my time even talking about in the past six years? Nothing. You know, Kanye hasn't said anything worth our attention. Kanye hasn't done anything worth our attention. So why are we giving attention to Kanye? Because of the distraction. And Charlemagne the God, as well as this other uh, fella, uh, and we want to get into that too uh, a little bit later, how they tried to talk to uh, this this white conservative, Tommy Loran, or whatever her name is, uh, you know, that's the, that's the whack stuff that's happening that can't continue to happen. We can't continue to have this that kind of stuff happening with our people. Well, we're constantly trying our best to reach out to these white supremacists, these um, racist supporters. I heard Charlemagne say, well, she admitted that she goes to Trump rallies and she does see some, some, some highly racial or racist white folks there. But, hey, that's not everyone. Really? So you you really don't know what a racist is. Somebody has to say the word nigger, monkey, right? That's the only way we take people as being racist these days. A Mel Gibson drunken phone call is what you need. You need Donald Sterling telling you that he doesn't want uh, his black, uh, his his own version of, uh, what's that chick name from Scandal? Um, What is her name? Uh, uh, he, Olivia Pope He didn't want his Olivia Pope Rubbing elbows with Magic Johnson And all the other darkies Right Because she was supposed to be a high yellow slave Girl She's supposed to be different She got all the the, 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 the the attributes That money can buy From Donald So no He didn't expect her With a high yellow self To be mixing in with the darker slaves no, no, you're supposed to be different, baby. I don't want you with them. We're waiting on a uh, confession or video of someone saying nigger 
to confirm that they are racist, and that is a very low bar. That's why the bigotry in politics persists. And then we got brothers like <clears throat> Keith Ellison, who was going out of his way to denounce the minister Farrakhan. I think that that's hilarious. Keith Ellison, when I was a young man, around 15, 16, 17, had a show in the Twin Cities called Black Power Perspective. Him and a brother named Raven, I remember meeting Brother Raven when he um, came to my school at South High. His brother Raven was just a dynamic dude, really cared for the community. Keith was on the radio spitting that ism. You know, you listen to Brother Keith and you're like, man, his brother got it. And these brothers were dropping some heavy stuff. Yeah, some heavy stuff. Way before we had uh, Sister Lisa Jones and uh, her show, shout out uh, to her show. But, yeah, long before all that, um, we had Black Power Perspective. And his name wasn't Keith Ellison. It was Keith Muhammad. Very important to remember that. Not Keith Ellison, but Keith Muhammad. Now, white folks is playing big-time racist tricks with politics right now. They're playing dog whistle politics. And we still got us. Playing, I don't know what the hell we're playing. I think black people are playing Scrabble because we haven't noticed the tribalism that's going along with politics. And before you start talking to to yourself at home, because you probably ain't got the balls to come in here and say it, about, well, what about the good white liberals? I want to tell you, in this country, it has always seemed as if it was the job of African Americans to keep what they perceived as our crazy uncles, which are not really crazy uncles. These are men who are speaking uh, truths to power, speaking how we feel from our position as a people, whether it be Malcolm X or the Minister Farrakhan or Khalid Muhammad or Marcus Garvey. These men are not racist. These men are not bigots. These are men who are speaking to our needs. And while these men are speaking to our needs and these men are speaking to the things that we need as a people, they are studied labeled as racist. And how come we can let these people label our heroes and sheroes as racist or bigots? Meanwhile, when you look at some of these television shows, have you watched Hardball with Chris Matthews? Remember, MSNBC is supposed to be a liberal television station. Who remembers them employing Pat Buchanan, a very known bigot, very known bigot, for a period of time? Pat has never had to apologize for anything he said over the air, for anything that he wrote in books. Never, not once. There's never been a rush for Pat to apologize or, um, you know, just none of those things. Never been an issue whatsoever. He's never had to apologize, and he's never had to say anything possible for making up for the things that he said about black people, our contributions to society, our contributions to the world. Never had to say anything. He was on Morning Joe. He was on a lot of other places, and he was able to spew that hate. He was able to be very disrespectful to our well-being as a people, and no one never called uh, Pat Buchanan out on the carpet and said anything to him regarding his racial hate towards our people. That never was the case. No one had ever called him out on the table. No one had ever apologized for bringing him on the show. But once again, we got Brother Keith. And, Keith, I ain't forget about you because it's straight-up bigotry in politics, brother, all day long. And like I said, at one point in time, I looked up to you. But then when I saw you were running for Congress, and I said, oh, this congressman is Keith Ellison. I'm like, okay, Brother Keith, I know Brother Keith. I know some issues with the nation. Okay, cool. But why ain't Keith Muhammad no more? Oh, okay, he had to do that so he can become congressman. Okay, we understand. we got to play the game. But then it was last year, outside of me wondering about his 
dropping of his last name. It was last year with the uh, protest at the precinct when Keith double-backed, met with some milk toast Negroes, that's K-N-E-E-G-R-O-W-S, pastors, and he sold out the people who were protesting. He double-backed and he made a deal with the mayor of Minneapolis, yeah, you know the mayor. You know, a lot of black folks thought she was down because she had a black husband. That happens a lot. See, everybody else is playing this bigotry, and we ain't even paying attention. Yeah, bigots can be married to black people. A bigot can love their husband or love their wife and still hate black folks. Loving you ain't got nothing to do with loving your people. And folks say, well, how? What, what? Man, listen, it's, it's black people who are in relationships who love the spouse but hate the uh, hate the mother, love the spouse but hate the family. So it's nothing to hate to love the spouse and hate the race. That's where we're at in American politics right now. I have to quote the, the great John Henry Clark about the African and the partnerships that we make. And when I say this, I'm not talking about continental African. I'm talking about African Americans as well. These partnerships that we make up with other people, (coughs) these partnerships that we align ourselves up with allies in naive fashion, Allies who are not aligned with us, like we're aligned with the Democrats, who are not with us. Check out this. So, Nancy Pelosi, who, you know, people love to celebrate, oh, she's the first woman who ran Congress the whole nine, yeah, you know, that BS. Nancy Pelosi, once she became chair, <coughs> Of uh, she was she was in charge of Congress. I keep saying chair, but I don't think she's chair. I mean, I'm looking for the wrong words. One of the first things that her and the other leading Democrats did was that they started to go after the CBC. And if you don't know what the CBC is, that's the Congressional Black Caucus. She started to go after the CBC. They started launching investigations into Charlie Rangel. They started to launch investigations into Maxine Waters. They started to launch investigations into a litany of Congressional Black Caucus members. Now, this is fresh off of the Bush White House. This is fresh off of what Howard Dean dubbed as the culture of corruption. This is fresh, and and, and and I'm talking about they could have went through and dug through the Republicans' fiascos over the years, and they could have found all kinds of things to be hot about, all kinds of things to go above and beyond and be upset about. But no, what they went and they done, and what they went and they dug up, they went, found, and dug up things Small infractions. You would think this stuff was like big infractions, but it was small infractions, but just enough to let you know that, hey, we are not on your side. Meanwhile, it was a black president while all this was going on. Now, I know a couple of reasons why Barack Obama sat by the side and let that go. Had nothing to do, had nothing to do with the CBC being black. It had everything to do with the CBC not supporting Barack Obama originally when he first ran. Some of these people had a wait and see. And what you listen, they know better than we know that there's bigotry in politics. They know better than we know that there are certain members of Congress who probably have straight up KKK hoods inside of their congressional offices, right? Let's keep this real. This is America. This is the home of the Klan. 
Yeah, we talk about Nazis, but we really don't talk about the KKK. Ask the FBI for their report about the involvement or the infiltration of the Ku Klux Klan into the FBI, I mean, into police forces, as well as the United States military. Go back and look. Go back and do your research. Stop buying what you're seeing on TV because a lot of people on television right now are bigot sympathizers. Oh, man, listen, people talking about I got respect for the office of the white. You know, we got to have respect for the office of the White House. Man, I can't respect no black person talking nothing about respect for the office of the White House. Hell, well, how do you got respect for the office of the White House? Did you have that respect when Ronald Reagan was president? Did you have that respect when George Bush Sr., I mean, Jr. was president? Even Sr. These men were purposely, purposely signing in the laws that was going after our people, that was taking us uh, away from our families. I'm talking about black men with their silly-ass war on drugs. And the policies kept getting harsher. Same thing under Bill Clinton when we fell in love because he played the saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show. It's American bigotry all through and through. All through and through. You have to really look at these things and really study and really and, and really go in depth. These ain't new players. Rudy Giuliani is a bigot. Man, Mike Pence, I'm from Indiana. Man, listen, I know a Hoosier cracker when I see one. That's one. That's a straight-up redneck right there. You don't need to be confused with his redneckness. He's a redneck. They're not going to – I saw Jim Brown, and, and hey, look, I love Jim Brown. I love the OG Jim Brown, but let me – Jim is tripping. A lot of these old heads is tripping. And I want to be respectful with what I'm saying because sometimes I feel like my generation, we come off as so disrespectful to to our elders, and they, 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 they feel it, and then they're like, oh, well, see, did y'all go tripping again? Y'all always tripping on us. So I, I want to definitely make sure that I'm respectful, but I also want to be pointed in what I'm saying because sometimes what it seems like to me with the boomers is the boomers don't know when to get the hell out the way. And we have this tug of war going on a lot. A tug of war that shouldn't be a tug of war. Look, we're in the information age. There's no need for you to be behind on anything dealing with information where you can simply Google and go through layers of things. Don't find one source that agree with what you're saying. Go and find all the sources possible, all of them. If you think Donald Trump is going to do anything that's going to be great for us, man, that's crazy. That's like saying, man, look, this guy here, he beats on your daughter. They ain't married yet. But, hey, after the wedding, maybe he'll settle in and be a good husband. Well, how many more black eyes does she need to take before he becomes a good husband? How many more broken arms does she need to take? How many more ways must he disparage her in front of you in order for him to become a good husband? And while he's working on being a good husband, while working her over, what should she be doing? Does she need to better herself? Because some of the logic that I'm hearing, like I was talking about earlier about the vote, it don't make sense. you telling me you can win by 3 million votes and it's not one person, one vote? I mean, you can lose by 3 million votes and, and we're still telling people, man, it's your fault. You didn't go to the poll. What? So, if 4 million people voted more, you think she would have won? That falls right up there with Jesus fix it for me. Jesus ain't going to fix it. You know, this is what we're having to deal with constantly in this country, the bigotry in politics. You have to look at during Obama's time in the White House, corporations have taken $3 trillion out of the economy. Did, did any of you know that? Because we talked about that on here a lot. $3 trillion. 
not a billion, not a million, $3 trillion have been taken out of the economy under Barack Obama. That's not Barack's fault. I don't care how much they tell you about Warren Buffett and all these other uh, billion-dollar liberals. They might be liberal on some fronts, but then they're not telling and communicating to the masses what's going on. That's not being communicated to you. So the thing is, and these whites, a lot of white folks who, who invest, they know. They know why the markets are shaky. They know why the markets are struggling. They understand. They understand wholeheartedly why the markets are struggling. They're struggling because at the end of the day, because the money's not there. That's why you're working the same job and you're not getting the raise you're supposed to get. That's why they got all these Americans going back to school to get more debt. That's what it's all about. You have to really pay attention. And unfortunately, and I keep, I hate bringing this up about my people because I love my folks. I really do. I really love my people. I just hate the fact that we're so naive. I really do. I hate the fact that while every other group is trying to get their piece of the pie, we're we're locked into this culture fight amongst men and women. Black men and black women are fighting amongst each other. Oh, man, you know, you can't find a good brother. Oh, man, you can't find a good sister. Man, you got brothers like Trick Daddy saying, oh, man, you black women better step up because the Latina and the white woman is coming. You got my man uh, Young Thug, who, uh, by all intents and purposes, he feel like it's cool. Uh, He feel like it's cool in general to just say silly stuff like, Oh, well, these two sisters on this flight, look at their nappy hair. Look at them. They look like Africans. I'll give them $15,000 to cut, quit their job. Hold up, brother. You got a wedding dress on? You, 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 you intentionally making people think you gay? See, you can't. See, this is what's going on because it's bigotry in politics. It's bigotry in TV. But the naiveness of us, we're more care, we, we care more about the homosexual fight than we do care about our own plight. So you can make those comments. And I'm pretty sure somebody, <laughs> yeah, they hear nappy like some Africans. <laughs> See, that's how we're thinking. We're so far removed because we're fighting these silly fights that really won't get us anywhere. Won't get us anywhere. You got Keith trying to get in control of the DNC. Why he's throwing Farrakhan under the bus instead of saying, I'd rather be a kingmaker than king. He could easily become a kingmaker. Brother can be a kingmaker by just simply, by simply going into the communities around the country which he has access to as a politician. He could easily go in and, and and just simply, just simply start developing or start focusing on young African-American talent, come up with a think tank, create a new line of politicians, ones that ain't got to kiss ass, ones that ain't got to kiss the pinky ring of, um, you know, the LGBTQ communities, the Jewish community or any other community that's exploiting our people. He can do this if he wanted to. But brother wants to be king. So in order for him to be king, he has to sell out people like Minister Farrakhan. 
And see, that's where the bigotry, that's where the bigotry wins. You cannot have white supremacy without black interiority. And unfortunately, we're too willing to play that game. Way too willing to play that game. I'll be right back. Give me two minutes. Something for my godson Elijah and a little girl named Corinne. Say the black of the best, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. You clock in, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. So please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. But don't forget, girl, keep the head And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you don't need me. And I ain't trying to catch up, I just call him how I see. You know what makes me unhappy? That. When brothers make mates and leave a young mother to be a happy. And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came from a woman. I wonder why we take from my women, why we rape our women, do we hate our And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the lady that makes the baby. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, lady. But keep your head up. Trying to figure out the brother's name. 
I'll tell you in one moment. Uh, Congressman from Michigan, who uh, John Conyers, brother who brought up reparations. Oh man, this thing is deep. They were they were knee deep in investigating the CBC. And the funny part, while, while all this was going on, this is all while the last eight years while Obama was in in the uh, White House. I kept seeing comments on social media calling the CBC out. And my question always, every time I saw that was, well, what are they supposed to do? You got a black president who is supposed to be the leader of the party. He's doing nothing for them. You got the black people who are supposed to be, they're supposed to be representing. Outside of the people of the districts, nobody else was supporting them. They were coons and sellouts. And then you have the Democrats, who everybody, oh, the DNC, the people, the party that they belong to, was attacking them. It doesn't take a genius to realize that when you're protecting your neck and you have to defend yourself, there's very little offense that one can administer. Very little offense. Their hesitation with Barack Obama was simply who he was connected to. That's it. I mean, man, <laughs> you you have to realize when this fool Trump is talking about putting Sessions a one-time U.S. district judge, U.S. court district judge from southern Alabama. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was nominated, and he was denied even in the 80s. Even in the 80s, the racist 80s, white folks in the 80s even knew, man, this, hey, 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 hey. this dude right here is too toxic. They knew in the 80s he was a bigot. And a lot of these politicians, like Trump, who's not really a politician, he's just a crook, a crook businessman. They just outlived all the real politicians. Yeah. Don't expect Joe Biden to save you in 2020. No, don't do that, black folks. This is an American issue. This, this this situation with these politics, man, this stuff ain't going away no time soon. I don't want you to get your hopes up thinking that, man, Joe Biden is going to save you. Ask the brothers from MOVE how did Joe Biden help them out in the 80s. Don't expect, you know, and I was saying this, so, so I, I want to call myself to the carpet. I was like, oh, man, Howard Dean would be great. Then someone hit me on, a uh, brother on Facebook hit me on to the fact that it was Howard Dean who brought up the situation with Keith Ellison and Minister Farrakhan. I said, wow, that's that's amazing. It's the same Howard Dean that was supporting Hillary, super predator Clinton. So we need to be offended when they want us to be offended. They're never offended when we're offended. I want you to go tonight. After the show, I want you to go to CNN and MSNBC. I don't even want you to turn to Fox because you know that's just bigot central. Listen to CNN. Watch some of these people on CNN. Some of these people on MSNBC. Listen to them. These are some, some straight up racist and bigot sympathizers. That's all, folks. Oh, well, you know, we got to make sure that we framing it right. You ain't got to frame nothing right. You, we ain't got to frame nothing right. That's the issue that we have right now. We're trying to frame it right. And the bigots ain't trying to, they just trying to win. They just trying to win. Look, Donald Trump ain't even a Republican. The Republicans saw that clown and they said, you know what? He's trying to make a mockery out of us, so we're going to get his ass and make a mockery out of him. And they're well on their way to making a mockery out of him. 
Keep watching. Keep paying attention. Because you will see. You're going to see the mockery. You're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to see that this bigotry, this bigotry is big. This bigotry, it's about to be, I'm telling you, man. If you have not really made a plan, a success for you and your family, you're about to suffer. Your education won't save you. Your frat and your sorrow will not save you. This is about to be ugly. This is about to turn into uh, a new age of a different kind of bull, Connor. It's going to be worse because now everyone is on social media. Everyone is tuned into the same networks. Everyone has a certain app on their phone. People are really looking at the same news feeds. Did you see that fool who went and, and shot up a spot? Or no, he was coming in to kill us with folks. And he, he came based off of a fake media story. Well, see, with bigotry, man, you, you can make that happen under bigotry. That's what's going on. And when I say bigotry, I just want it's white supremacy. I'm just using bigot. I'm just using bigot today. It's still good old white supremacy. It's still the good old boy network. Oh yeah, man, you thought those white women was really down with y'all. And in the end, they showed you once again that they hey they they stick by the side of the white man for all of this stuff that you guys keep on thinking. Oh well, man. She, this person here, she knows what it's like to be like me. She's white, and she's a woman, but she's still a woman, and she's a minority. Man, you better wake up. You better wake up because she's not in a position uh, to, she's not in a lesser position than you. That's only in your mind. That's only in your mind. That's only in your head. You're imagining these things. You thought Hillary was coming to save you. I'm looking at the campaigns. I'm looking at the pitch count. I can tell you in politics who's trying to win and who ain't trying to win. Did she think it was a slam dunk or was she trying not to win? The machines are rigged. Why would, Why is it uh, dying, the one talking about, man, we need a recount? This is something that this is something that I'm telling you. You have to know about politics. That none of these, whether it's Chris Matthews or any of these people, talked about after this election. In any election, there's money that is raised, campaign funds. After the election is over, there's still a surplus of money that is left over. Campaigns normally have to pay their bills, anything else that they need to with that money. If you don't believe that Hillary Clinton have maybe $20 million left over after she paid her bills. There wasn't a lot of money spent on uh, television as this go-round. The media was glad to give Trump plenty of free token uh, ratings, free token slots for him to uh, put out his dog whistle, his dog whistle tone of politics. They didn't need to, this go-round, whatsoever. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they knew where this was going. doesn't matter whether Trump wins or Hillary wins, the oligarchs were going to win. That's just what it boils down to. And what's scary is that we're still trying to talk sense to these bigots like fools. I'm watching, uh, well, well, you know what was it? I was actually on YouTube. I was watching TV, but I was actually on YouTube. And I was on YouTube because I'm always 
checking out brother Dr. Boyce Watkins. He's always dropping some good stuff about business. So I was listening to brother, <clears throat> and then I, I saw this thing, you know, you, you, you go on YouTube and they show you this thing on the side, and it's like, hey, um, this is what's going on with uh, Charlemagne the God. And um, he was trying um, to convince Tommy Lauren. And then you had Trevor Noah, the British fellow. He was trying to convince her, sent her some cupcakes. Charlemagne went and hung out with her at a hotel room and, you know, this this, this thing. And, and then I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I'm listening to these brothers talk, and they're giving their explanations. And I'm like, wow, man, we, we, we just don't get it. You know, there's times when we can show up and we can show that we're either checker players or chess players. And far too many times as a people, we show up to prove that we are nothing but... I should I, Let me not be harsh on my people. Because it's not my people. We're not the ones that gave Charlemagne a job. We didn't give this brother Trevor Noah from the UK a job. people that hired him knew their temperament already. That's why they can put him on TV. And, oh, oh, we need to talk to the opposition. No, no, no. Before you talk to your opposition, first you talk to your own people. You make sure your own people are straight. Oh, oh, Charlemagne said he got plenty of people from Dr. Umar to Minister Farrakhan has been on his show. Yeah, I, I saw Dr. Umar. I saw Brother Polite. I saw them brothers on there. But you know what I see in between Dr. Umar, Minister Farrakhan, Brother Polite, Killer Mike, Dr. Boyce? I see a lot of buffoonery, a lot of coonery in between them shows. So, yeah, you can give me Brother Polite. But if I got 15 shows in between Dr. Umar and Brother Polite, of just coon fest, I'm going to miss Brother Umar, Dr. Umar. I'm going to miss him because you're giving me this cool stuff. Why do I want to tune into this? Why would I want, oh, well, we need to talk to her to give her a chance to help us see. How you, she got white privilege. What the hell she need to see, brother? Why, why does she need to see your point of view? What makes you think it's your responsibility to convince her If she was the size of Let me see who I can say she was If she was a 300 pound pimple faced white woman Would you care? I mean this is the stuff that we're When you don't understand the politics and play you You get in and you just start trying to well, uh, uh, we just gonna love our way out of this, man. We listen. We we've tried that. We've tried that. We've tried to love out. Listen, you can't love your way out of a situation by loving your enemy. You can't out love people who are trying to notice in any message that white folks have when they're in opposition to anything. The one thing they never use is love. I mean, you have to really, and then you got this situation with this clown brother from South Carolina. I'm, I'm, um, you look at this guy. He said that the shooting of the brother inside of South Carolina was not malicious, and he said he had to pull his emotions out of it. It's amazing. We don't understand the bigotry in politics. We don't get it. We're still trying to be everybody's friend. How can you be anybody's friend before you're your own friend? How do you ever, how how can you ever do that? How how can you do that? Look at the world. Look at what's going on over in the UK, how they mad at the African immigrants, the the, the Muslim immigrants. Those people didn't arrive in those places just because. 
they were almost imported to those places. So whites, poor whites, didn't have to do works. They were supposed to be the rug or the stepping stone or the stepping stool, whatever how you want to phrase it, for poor whites. Look, in a, look, look at how they build communities around the world and in the country. They import poor people in to rich areas to make sure that the whites don't look like the poorest amongst the land. That's what's going on here. And you got this fool. He has a chance with a damn video. A damn video. A damn video. This brother got shot in his back. This cracker cop tried to plant a gun on him. And he got the nerve to be talking about he took out his emotions. This is what we up against. You got Keith Ellison. You got cats like this Coon Supreme up in South Carolina. The list goes on. The only way to beat back these things, the only way, I don't care if you're married to a white woman or not, you still have responsibility to your people. I don't care if you're gay or not. Look, man, that's your bedroom. Don't tell me about it. No, I'm not coming to your wedding. No, I'm not hanging out with you. That's your business. But what is our business is to make sure that our children are still protected, to make sure that the women and the men are still protected. But because before anyone sees your sexuality, before anyone knows who your spouse is, They are looking directly at who you are as a person, at your race. So I don't understand it. I don't understand how we got these things going on in this society with these bigots running rampant in politics, but yet we still got so many of us playing the game like I said before you have to build institutions that is the only way to win we need to stop being groupies we don't need to be the groupies of Sean Williams we don't need to be the groupies of LeBron James we could take what makes these brothers successful we can support these brothers we should still be demanding of more We should demand more um, support in a lot of areas for the money that we spend with anybody. But we really have to be valued We, We need people to be valued and pay attention to politics. I don't do the religious thing. And I ain't knocking anybody who's praying to whatever. God they pray to So when you're out there You're praying You know they say Faith without work is dead So pray a little bit For our people But then go out there And help build institutions And create things That are supportive To our folks Quit this BS mannequin challenge Showing guns It's a, a, a mannequin challenge Where a sister was in, a, And I'm like man Media take out World star These places but, Man we, 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 we really Need A collective drop squad But anyway While we're focusing on These things is taken away from the focus of the bigotry in politics. And the only way to combat that is by sending or creating the politicians that we need 
That might mean that we might not, for a couple of cycles, support anyone. Especially if we're not getting what we want. That might mean, yeah, you know, we keep this thing boycotting this Christmas thing. That's cool. I ain't got no problem with that. But where we where we putting the money at? Can we put that money towards some black institutions? I'm not talking about no institutions that might be able to give you um, something. It's 24 million of us. If 24 million of us, let's say if 12 million of us gave five dollars, five dollars a month, that's 60 million dollars. If we donated for one year, five dollars. A month per one year Look at the money that we would have To build an institution Or institutions And we only need Ten institutions to start it off We need a think tank That will allow us to be progressive And I'm not talking about The Eurocentric progressiveness I'm talking about progressiveness To where we're thinking in long term, short term, in mid range, we need to put money in places to where we have law firms in all of the major cities in the United States where it's our people representing our people in court, where it's our people making sure that we're not taking these BS plea deals that our people aren't being railroaded into probation, getting records on their name when all they need was a lawyer to give a damn about them so that they don't get a criminal record. We need better schools. We need to buy up neighborhoods. Now, I'm not saying that I'm supposed to be responsible for your house. But we need to start buying houses strategically and intellectually. We shouldn't be buying houses just because it's on the side of town. We need to be buying up houses around schools. Because if we buy the houses around the schools, we dictate the tax flow into the school. We also need to make sure that we are supplying ourselves with our own independent security force in our communities that are ran amok with, with drugs, gangs, and poverty. We don't need a security force that's just armed. We need brothers and sisters who are in there trying to love our people and help our people out. Brother, I know you're struggling. Brother, I know you're hustling. But don't hustle in front of these children. Don't bring that poison to our communities. Yeah, sister, brother, I know y'all going through it, but don't fight in front of the kids. Don't kill this brother or this sister in front of the kids. I mean, these are the things that we need so that we don't keep having these cultural beefs in the midst of these bigots planking themselves outside of us. And just how we became slaves with the continental, you know, the Atlantic, the transatlantic slave trade. Apologize to the ancestors for not even saying that right. Just how we became slaves in the transatlantic slave trade is pretty much predicated off the fact that while we fight amongst each other over, I don't want to say superficial because these things are tangible, most things are tangible that we can reach out and we have to deal with Defending ourselves from white supremacy Just like the CBC We're always in defense mode Which means we can't go on offense Some of us have to go on offense To defend the rest of us But we have to start thinking about What we're seeing And stop just shrugging our shoulders We're just a a shoulder shrug away From being decapitated with our heads ticking off our necks. Gotta wake up. And we need to wake the F up now. That is Rad Radio for this week. 
I want to thank you all for listening. I appreciate my listeners, especially my own girl, Anisha Grigsby. Hey, man, um, we'll be back next week. <clears throat> this bigotry thing is real. It's always been in American politics. This is not new. But I will say the difference between now and before my lifetime, not my mother's lifetime, is that it's starting to be overt. And things become worse when they become overt. Because when they, <clears throat> when they become overt, it starts to grow. And people, every common folk who would be too scared to say things to you or do too scared to do things to you will have the courage, will have the courage to try to kill you, maim you, or hurt you in ways they never would have thought about before. We have to be our brothers and sisters' keepers, but we also must realize that our brothers and sisters are not brothers and sisters. Y'all be easy, and I'll ranch you next week. Peace.